0: the relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
1: What is up, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast. This is your fantasy preview for week 12 in the NFL. I am your host, Chris Rabon. And on today's podcast, we will break down the Thursday Thanksgiving DFS slate and also dive into the week 12 main slate. Build some lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings. Joining me as always, one of the top rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, happy Thanksgiving. What's going on, man?
0: What's up? Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. So, what um, which Thanksgiving side are you taking in cash? What's your go-to Thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> side?
1: Gotta gotta be stuffing. Stuffing yes. stuffing <laughs> and gravy, man.
0: Yep. Well, I so my mother-in-law makes a really good stuffing, and instead of turkey which I I don't like turkey. I don't think anybody does, but I really don't like it. Uh, She uses Italian sausage. It's the best stuffing I've ever had. So I would agree, stuffing all the way for me.
1: Yeah, and I I would also go, like, got to have the stuffing. I also like cranberry sauce. That's one a lot of people, it's kind of an underrated one, kind of a quiet taste, but I like the cranberry sauce as well. Yeah,
0: that's it. Not by itself, like when it spills over into, like, the mashed potatoes and other stuff, it gives some nice, like, pizzazz. Um, but I, I don't like it by itself. I'm oh, yeah, no, I'm not talking, like, I'm talking yeah. about
1: like, yeah, you got your stuffing, just, you got your you got I your just, meat, your turkey, your ham, whatever, and uh some mashed potatoes, and yeah, you got yeah. some cranberries. It, it just finished the tops it all. I,
0: I would agree with that.
1: All right, uh, we have a pack slate to get to, but first, uh our contest winner is Big T Dick. Big T Dit, thank you for the five star review, Big T did. Congratulations, you have won a free year of Action Pro. Just hit up podcast at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize. And if you are a fan of the show, please leave us a five star on Apple and we pick our favorite uh, review each week and uh, give you a free year of Action Pro. All right, let's get into the Thursday night. Well, not nah, Thursday. I shouldn't say night. The <laughs> Thursday Thanksgiving. D F Slate,
0: we got all day the, long,
1: baby, all day long. Yeah, we got the Bills at the Lions, starting it off early in the morning on the West Coast, afternoon on the East Coast. Then we got the Giants and the Cowboys. After that, and the nightcap is the Patriots going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. So that's some pretty interesting games to choose from. This Bills. And Lions game has a total of 54 and a half as we record this on Tuesday. And the line is Bills by nine and a half. So expecting the bills to put up a big number, but uh, there could be all kinds of fantasy goodness in this one. So let's go position by position, uh, starting with quarterback. Who do you like uh, for this slate?
0: Uh, I just got to go with the top dog here with Josh Allen. Um against the Lions. You know, he could have a massive game here. The, you know, it's gonna be indoors. And the, the Lions have allowed the most completions, 20 plus yards downfield. So um and the Lions de- run defense has been pretty good lately. You know, they slowed down the Packers rushing offense with both AJ Dillon um and Aaron Jones. Not really getting going against them. And then Saquon Barkley last week got balled it up. So I just think it makes sense to go top heavy at quarterback. Uh, I think you go with Kirk Cousins is is kind of cheap as well, but I think stacking Josh Allen with Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson, Knox makes the most sense. And then there's, there's a ton of under the radar value at other positions. Um, so I'll be contrarian and, you know, find lower rostered guys at the other positions, but at QB, I think you got to go Josh Allen here.
1: So love Josh Allen, obviously, my highest projected quarterback of the week and highest projected quarterback on this slate by 10 points in my model over (laughs) Dak Prescott. I have Allen at 27.2 and Prescott at 17.7. So almost 10, like nine and a half, but you you get the point. Uh, Massive, massive gap between the two. But I will say this. These are the kind of slates, there's three games. So you got to make sure to think through all the different, possibilities because you don't want to be right and still be wrong. And what I mean by that is we all love the Bills offense indoors against this Lions defense that, well, they have shown improvement. I think, you know, Kirby Joseph and and some guys, Aiden Hutchinson, obviously making a difference, uh, still a defense that should give up points to Buffalo. So if we're right about that, how can we take advantage on a three game sweep? I think the quarterback you need to roster is Jared Goff, because yeah. if the Bills put up what Vegas thinks they're going to put up, I mean, they're nine point favorites with a total of 54 and a half. So what's that? Let's see about 32 implied about 30 to 35 points is what the odds makers are, are expecting. And I'm, I'm pretty much in line with that. I think the Bills can put up a big number here. Then we got the home lions. These This home lions team, they're always in the game. And they put up massive point totals, you know, kind of in shootouts when they're at home. On the road, it doesn't always work out like that. But remember in week one against Philadelphia, 38-35, the Eagles won. Week two at home for the Lions, 36-27 over the Commanders. Week four, the Seahawks put up 45. The, 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 yeah, the Seah- the Lions put up 45 at home. The Seahawks put up 48. Shootout. Uh, 31-27 Dolphins in Detroit in week eight. And then that, the only aberration was that Packer game. But remember, Aaron Rodgers threw a bunch of picks at the goal line. If he connects on those, that likely ends up in a shootout as well. So uh, I think that Goff, you know, he's kind of been able to just hand it off to, to Williams, our, our boy, and, uh, you know, Justin Jackson getting involved. But this is a game where they might need Josh, uh, Jared Goff to score 30 to 35 points, which means he's going to have to put it in the air. And you have that correlation between a quarterback that's double-digit points better than any other quarterback. But now you with golf, you have that correlation. So uh, that's mm-hmm. my kind of under the radar play uh, in this slate. If you're not going to pay up for uh, for Josh Allen,
0: yeah, no, that that makes a ton of sense. And you know, teams that use Jared Goff are going to have a ton of money to spend. So I think a lot of teams that have golf are going to have they're going to be able to afford Diggs and Jefferson. So mm-hmm. I think you are you're going to see overlap with teams. That take off, so I think if you go to the golf route, you have to be comfortable leaving what like a K <laughs> left over. But that's that's definitely a situation where you want to try to still be unique if you use golf because a lot of people are going to be able to, sp- there's not that many like blue chip players on this slate. Um, so even if you take off, I think you're still going to have to be somewhat contrarian with the rest of your team.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you have a lot of stacking options to be contrarian on mm-hmm. the Lions because we just talked about it. it's been mostly the Amon Ra Ross St. Brown show. But if you're expecting Goff to play from behind, maybe has to throw for 300 yards, it's going to be somebody besides St. Brown. Maybe it's just a, one of the tight ends he gets a touchdown. Maybe Khalif Raymond pops a big play. Maybe, you know, Chark is healthier this week, but there are a lot of contrarian options, which is another reason a right. lot of contrarian options on the Lions, excuse me, which is another reason why. Uh, I do like golf. Uh, let's jump to running back. Who do you like?
0: Yeah. So if you do go with Goff, I think like going with like uh Deandre Swift or even Justin Jackson would be sneaky mm-hmm. as well. But uh, for running back, I think the obvious play is Rondre Stevenson. He is way too cheap. Um, and, you know, last week, Damian Harris started. But Stevenson was really the workhorse back um, from the second drive in on. Uh, plus, he's game script proof. So if, you know, they end up in a trailing game script at Minnesota, which could happen um, you know, he could have a big game. I'm projecting him for 4.5 receptions here. Um, plus the Vikings are his own heavy team. So it's just a great matchup for Stevenson. Um, digging a little bit deeper. I think James Cook um, is a great play. He's coming off the best game of his career. Um, going for 86 yards on 11 carries. He was seeing a lot more playing time in neutral situations, but if this is a game where, you know, the bills could easily blow out the lions. Cook's going to be the lead back um, later in the game as well. So uh, he's definitely a good leverage play against, you know, Josh Allen team. So I think if you're going with a Jared Goff uh, lineup, I think James Cook makes a lot of sense too to correlate with that. So um I think Cook is probably the sneaky play and he's, he's super cheap um on DK right now.
1: Yeah. He's been coming on. I mean, you know, they've been looking for that compliment to Singletary. And I think a lot of people assume that's why they traded for Naeem Hines. No, they traded for Naeem Hines so that he can handle punt returns and do a lot of, you know, be the guy yeah. that touches the ball in key situations because Isaiah McKenzie, you know, he's had his, his issues you, as a receiver and as a returner. So they wanted to upgrade at that spot. And that's why you haven't seen Hines really factor into the rotation. I think Cook is, is going to be that guy that maybe, you know, they different kind of player, but you know, they wanted Zach Moss to be that compliment to Devin Singletary. So uh, you know, they wouldn't have to rely on Singletary down the stretch like they've had to these last couple of years as they're making that that Super Bowl run. So, uh, yeah, I think you, you continue to see Cook uh, emerge and always like the young guys on, you know, the short rests. Yep. So, love that call. Uh, you mentioned a guy that I'll go uh, to as a dart throw, and that is Justin Jackson. I think Jackson is very interesting because – There is a number of different outs with Jackson. For one, he's been factoring into the regular running back backfield rotation for this Lions team. You know, Jamal Williams has been getting about sixty percent of the carries, but then Swift really is only playing you know twenty ish percent of the snaps, and Jackson is picking up the rest. And Jackson, his route participation rate was just as high as Swift these last two weeks. Right in the mid 30s. And Jamal Williams, you know, we've talked about this. He doesn't really go out in many routes. He's going to be the early down grinder, which the Lions have had a chance, you know, to do because they've been in a lot of positive game script. But if the Lions have to now go into hurry up mode, you're not only going to see uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, especially on a short rest. So mm-hmm. Justin Jackson, I think, could easily see, you know, 30 to 40% of the snaps in this game. And you also have the out. Where if indeed the Bills do end up blowing out the lines, well, Jackson is the third string back on a short week, so Jackson would could conceivably get you know, let's say it's kind of a result like the Cowboys Vikings last week. Jackson could get you know a lot of the third and and most of the fourth quarter and catch a lot of screen passes, easy you know dump offs against defense, things like that. And, you know, if they're close, they still rotate Jackson in. He'll still show up in the red zone now and then. So I just think there's a lot of different ways for Justin Jackson to score in this game. And I don't think many people uh, are going to be on him, you know, the way they should, just because there's so many other guys like, like a James Cook that, that you know, see, feel smart, that I don't think like Jackson is going to be the chalk, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, no, that that's a great call. And a three-game slate, he doesn't need like a massive game. Um, to really be in the winning lineup. Just last week's game alone would probably be enough. He had 66 rushing yards, a catch for 11 yards. Obviously, we'd want more than that. But honestly, like this, he doesn't need um, that much volume. And yeah, this is a uh, game flow that could favor him. Uh might be not a great week to play Jamal Williams. Um, but yeah, I, I like Justin Jackson. And He's I think he's like the cheap. He's the same price as CJ Ham. So there you go. He's, he's yeah. super
1: cheap. Absolutely. So yeah. And one other guy I mentioned, because I, I just love him. I think, I don't think you worry about Z care. I think you you pay for Pollard in this spot. <laughs> I mean, this guy is just running so well and the giants are allowing 5.3 yards per carry to opposing halfbacks. So like this is the matchup of matchups for a guy like Pollard who just rips off chunk gain after chunk gain. So yeah, you know, I know a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh man, you know, Zeke's gonna kind of be splitting the carries. Maybe Zeke gets a goal line carry. Tony yeah. Power doesn't need to the goal line to score touchdowns." As we, <laughs> True. As we saw last week, so I think that uh, and Tony Power's a guy who, if the Giants play man coverage, Tony Power's not really a guy who's gonna pick up a lot of blitzes. He's not a great pass blocker, so he may still be in the route, and they may use one of the tight ends to actually pick that up. Remember, they're also going with a lot more. A one-two personnel. So they could have a guy like Ferguson, Hendershot, uh, maybe even Dalton Schultz pick that up and get Powered isolated on those weak Giants linebackers and man coverage. Oh man, it's it's it, it's just such a juicy matchup for for him. All right, let's jump to what's always the key position in in fantasy yeah. DFS, and that's wide receiver. You mentioned the studs at the top. Justin Jefferson is the highest priced receiver on DraftKings, followed by Stefan Diggs. Uh, Jefferson's 8.2 K, Diggs is 8 K, CeeDee Lamb next at 7,100, and Amon Ra at 6,600. Those are the top four. Then there's a big drop off. Who do you like?
0: I'm going to go with the guy that's that big drop off. The number five receiver is Gabe Davis. He's 5,300, but this is a potential eruption spot. Against the Lions, like I said, you know, the Lions defense has a lot of the most receptions, 20 plus yards downfield. So this could be a big Gabe Davis week and spot for him Um, going a little bit farther down the list. I like Nelson Aguilar at thirty one hundred against the Vikings here. He's just a sneaky play because his roster ship will probably be extremely low, like probably like three percent or less here. But last week he operated as the number two wide receiver. He had a sixty four percent. Routes run rate um and weeks one through four when he was averaging around 70% routes run rate, he was a top 50 wide receiver. He uh he was wide receiver 47 um in PPR. So, you know, the Pats could get into a trailing pass heavy game script here, and we could see Aguilar have his standard, you know, two to three big games a season. It could be here on a three game slate. So um I like Aguilor uh just based on his opportunity and his price, and his roster ship will be low. So I think he's one of my favorite uh cheaper options on the slate.
1: Yeah, I saw that, uh, that he ran the, you know, outside of Jacoby Myers, who was in the 90s, Aguilar was number two, and they kind of split everything up after Aguilar pretty equally, but Aguilar was on the field about two-thirds of the time. Now, we don't know if that will continue because it's, right. it's the Patriots, but <laughs> like you said, I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him to begin with, so you don't really have anything to lose by taking a shot on the guy that was the Patriots, number two wide receiver uh, a week ago.
0: Yeah, and Parker, you know, they eased Parker in um, last week, but this is a short week, so I'm not expecting Parker's workload to, like, take a massive leap here, um, but it, it was just notable that Aguilar, you know, he pushed down Kendrick Bourne, uh, the rookie Taequann Thornton, down the pecking order a bit, so they, they're they trying to get Aguilar going. So on a short week, I don't know if they're going to be able to make too many changes so I do expect them to be, you know, number two behind Myers this week again. Yeah. Uh, anyone else there? Uh, well, I, you know, like Noah Brown, I think he sticks out um, at 3,500. And Richie James especially, now that um, Wondell Robinson is out for the season. But it looks like Richie James himself is on the injury report. So that's something to monitor. Um, looks like he's dealing with a knee injury. But if if James does suit up, um, you know, at 3,400 – We've seen him sort of fill in, you know, snap for snap, what Juan Robinson role was. So he could be sneaky on this three game slate as well.
1: Yeah. Speaking of sneaky, I'm going to go all the way to Min Price and go with Isaiah Hodgins for the Giants because he was essentially operating as a top three receiver. The second perimeter receiver alongside Slayton, he overtook Kenny Galladay and Marcus Johnson after being signed off the Bills practice squad a couple of weeks ago. And remember Dayball comes from the Bills, so Hodges knew the offense already, which is mm-hmm. why he was able to immediately slot in. And they've been looking for somebody. Remember Daniel Jones is barking at uh, Rob uh, Marcus Johnson for dropping that yeah. touchdown, and Gaude every time he gets a target, it's a drop. So Hodges has been that second outside receiver, and yes, Richie James will be the slot receiver, but Hodges ran a route 65% of the time two weeks ago, 56% last week. Uh, operating as that you know number three receiver on the Giants. And with Wondell Robinson, a guy who we saw is capable of, of a hundred yard game and a bunch of catches with him out of the lineup, there is going to be some target redistribution here. You know, we talked about on the other pod, you know, maybe Saquon Barkley sees some of it, but realistically, there's going to be, this is a the Giants, there's going to be guys who you've never heard of that are probably get a target or two in this game. So I think it's really smart. To go with Hodgins, a guy who, you know, he seems new, but he's already kind of been installed there, and he already knew the offense. Uh, and he showed pretty good chemistry, you know, with Daniel Jones. I know he had a, a fumble last week, but, you know, they like him. I think they're going to continue to play him. And uh, he's got five catches for 70 yards already in those two games, just kind of walking in off the street, essentially off the Bills practice squad into a starting role for, the, for this giant team. Yeah,
0: I like that call. And he has literally men price at 3K on DraftKings.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, people might not, uh, people might not scroll down (laughs) long enough to even find him there. So uh, really like him. And, you know, in terms of the guys, you know, at the higher end, I think Jacoby Myers is is always overlooked. He's a guy who this is going to be a completely different kind of game than we had with the Patriots and the jets last week, where they didn't score an offensive touchdown this week. You know, the Patriots defense will have some success against the Vikings offense, but I do think you'll see more points from both of these teams than we saw a week ago. And I think people might have a bad taste in their mouth. You know, the Vikings did nothing against the Cowboys. The Patriots offense did nothing against the Jets. They just got the punt return. But, you know, Myers here, he would line up in the slot. The Vikings still, you know, they got Chandon Sullivan there. They play a lot of zone coverage. So shouldn't be a, a situation where Myers is... You know, going to get into any kind of matchup that's going to be tough for him to beat. And this Viking team, they're still eight and two. So if the Patriots fall behind, you could see one of those eight, nine, 10 catch games from Jacoby Myers. And we saw Mac Jones post an efficient 23 of 27 game last week, and he could do something similar this week, except a lot of those catches could end up going to to Meyer. so I uh, really like him as a guy who can put up the same. He can put up an Amon-Ra type of game. He can put up a cd Lamb type of stat line, but he's going to be a little overlooked and he's cheaper, just 100 and, more than Slayton.
0: Yeah, and he'll be able to avoid Patrick Peterson, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's huge when you're facing the Vikings.
1: Absolutely, and that's the thing. Myers, one of those you know number one receivers who spends most of his time in the slot. So yeah, he'll play yeah. a couple of perimeter snaps here and there, but. This is the Patriots they're talking about. They're going to get him matched up. He's their best receiver. Yep. They're going to get him matched up uh, on who they want him to be matched up on. So like him in that middle tier, let's go to tight end now. Who do you like at that position?
0: So, I mean, pound for pound, Dawson Knox is certainly the best option um at 3,500. Um, and, you know, he, he ran a season high 83%. Routes rate last week also saw a season-high seven targets. This is a great spot for him. Um, So, like I said, like stacking him with uh, Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs makes a ton of sense. Um, However, I think there is a sneaky tight end on the slate. Lawrence Cager, he's 2,700. Yeah, I never thought I would be able to recommend this guy, but here we are. He's a former wide receiver, converted tight end. Um, And last week he ran around on 71% of dropbacks. Um, only, you know, went for two catches for 20 yards. But with that kind of opportunity, especially with Wondell Robinson out for the season, you know, he could see an extra couple of targets this week. Um, so as long as Daniel Bellinger is out, which looks to be the case this week, Cager um, is the Giants lead tight end. So on, on a slate like this, um, especially, you know, a tougher matchup against Cowboys, he could have a good game. Um, and again, he's only 2700 on a slate like this. I don't think his roster ship is going to be over you know, what, 5%. Um, so he's the type of play that could be the key to unlocking uh, this slate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I, I think I, I think we talked about him on the pod last week. Uh, he didn't end up hitting, but mm-hmm. I think he was the guy I mentioned for, for the main slate for that exact reason. You know, he was kind of operating as that that starting tight end. The, the Giants, you just got to, on a short slate, on these small slates, you always got to be mindful that this yeah. team, they just kind of plug guys in and that that's what it is. So... You know, Bellinger out, they're they are they are going with Ker because they like him over uh Tanner Hudson and, and Myrick is, is the blocking yep. that end. So uh, I like that call. Uh, for me, I, I like Rock Wright as a as a dart throw. Again, you know, this Lion team, I think a lot of people, you know, we know Buffalo is, is good against the tight end, but if you watch that game last week, Harrison Bryant and Farrell Brown each had wide open touchdowns that they dropped. So, and, and, and we, you know, this is a, a game where we already talked about if it gets away from the lines, it could be a completely different game script. Instead of Jamal Williams getting all the touchdowns, you may see the tight ends. You may see, you're going to see Amon, Ra but you may also see a, a, the, the starting tight end end up getting, getting an easy one. So uh like Brock Wright, who is, you know, leading that, that uh team in, in, in tight end snaps because Hawkinson he's on the slate too, is now a member of the Vikings. So, uh, I think on anytime you're talking about a big trailing game script, mm-hmm. you know the the starting tight end is always the the, the guy you want because the, the they're not gonna go with heavy personnel with one two uh, for for too long when they're trailing big. But usually they'll keep that that starting tight end and and he'll just kind of sit down in the zones and you can get a a, a boatload of catches sometimes uh, from that. So uh, I'll, I'll go Brock right here. All right, let's pivot to the main slate and uh who do you like for stacks
0: well uh the the seahawks are back on the main slate this week so i'm going geno smith again uh for some reason he's only 6k uh which is really weird but i'm going with the geno dk lockett stack against the raiders this week um you know this is a great matchup the raiders defense ranks dead last in DBO against the pass of course um the seahawks have the sixth highest team total to open the week uh, plus, you know, both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were, you know, sort of banged up heading into the bye. They played through their injuries. But coming out of the bye, they're going to be closer to 100%, a lot fresher. So, you know, I think they're going to have a big game here. Um, and Geno Smith, he, he's he been tapping into his rushing upside a lot more lately. He has 20 or more um, rush rush yards in five of the last seven games. Plus, you know, they're getting Kenneth Walker more involved in the passing game as well. So that's only going to help Geno's overall yardage. Um, so love that star- – True and true, you know, Seahawks stack there. Uh, and then I'm also going with Jeffrey Wilson and the Dolphins defense um, against the Texans here. Um, very likely we see the Dolphins blow up the Texans here. And this is obviously a great matchup for running back. So th- this is just a good stack to leverage against, you know, Tua, Tyreek, Waddle stacks. You know, they could get off to a big lead early on and then, you know, take their foot off the gas. to what we saw against the Steelers uh, a few weeks ago. So... Um, this is a dream matchup for both Wilson and Moser. But I think if they get a big lead, you know, Wilson makes sense to be the grinder back, you know, trying to preserve the lead because he's just more of a grinding running back, whereas Moser's more of a home run threat. So I think even if they get up big, they're going to stick with Wilson here. He could have a big game, you know, multiple touch on upside, and then stacking him with the Dolphins defense, who should be able to go off here against Davis Mills and the Texans.
1: Yeah. You know, like that, that is, that defense, man, for the Texans, it's it's not very good. So I, th- I think you got to attack it uh in, in all ways possible. I, I like I like Tua, Tyreek, Jalen Wado again against this defense, but especially Tua and Tyreek. Uh, Tyreek leads the entire league in yards per route run against zone coverage, and the Texans are number one in zone coverage rate. Right? That's what they do under Levy Smith. So you know every time we see this Dolphin team play, they're just throttling somebody, you know, <laughs> with Tua in the lineup. So I think, you know, that's how they get up big. They, they're going to throw the ball. Yes, the Texans have a bad run defense, but, you know, they have a bad defense. And I, th- I think the Dolphins are going to be able to move it through the air and on the ground as well. So uh, I think Tua is a good bet for 303 touchdowns here. Uh, so love love him and, and that stack with, uh, with Tyreek. And uh, I think an under-the-radar one – Is Ryan Tannehill trailing Burks? And you could throw in Robert Woods because the Bengals, this Bengals offense, you know, they're one of the better offenses in the league. And even facing a tough Titans defense like this that gets pressure, you know, they can still put up points. We saw that against Pittsburgh. I mean, TJ Watt had an amazing, and that whole front really, I mean, they were creating havoc, batting passes in the air, picking passes off that were batted, you know, getting, getting sacks, all that. But Joe Burrow was still able to put up a, a good offensive game and and get them in the end zone. And I think that you could see the, a, a similar kind of thing play out here in this one and put Tannehill in, in a trailing game script. And, you know, he doesn't get those too often. He gets to hand off to Derrick Henry. They play really good defense, but I think the Bengals are one of those teams that could put up points on the Titans to where you might see another one of those, you know, 300-yard games from Tannehill. And I don't know what was going on with Downing last week. I mean, you know, he unfortunately got got arrested when he got back uh, from the game. But, I mean, the fact that they to, – to salt the game, it, they, they threw a 50-yard bomb downfield to Traylon Burks. Like, I, I like that. Like, give me, give me some aggressive <laughs> yeah. Todd Downing in this Titans offense. So, I don't – it's kind of a wild card here where – their receivers are just kind of rounding into shape now that you got Burks back healthy, you know, Burks, Woods, uh, and Westbrook, Aquinas a three, that's pretty solid, you know, and Hooper's playing well. So, you know, don't look now, but the Titans who pretty much for most of the year had one of the weakest receiving cores in the league, they're kind of rounding into shape a little bit here in Tannehill. He's shown that he when he can produce when he has, when he has good pieces around him. So I think that one's sneaky for uh, kind of a, a contra- contrarian trailing game script type of thing.
0: Yeah, as somebody that had just needed Derrick Henry to get just a couple more rushing yards, I, I did not like that hmm. play. Uh, but yeah, d- doing a double stack is certainly aggressive. I don't know if I'd go that far, but certainly with Traylon Burks, I think you could also make a case for your boy Chig- Yep. Yeah, uh, he now has a thirty-yard catch or more in three straight games, so he's a guy that probably doesn't even need that many targets to to be a slate breaker. Uh, but that is a good call. They they were definitely a lot more pass-heavy than I anticipated. Against a good pass defense, against a run funnel defense. So, yeah, I like seeing them open up. And Traylon Burks, you know, he's finally healthy. Um, finally has Ryan Taylor on her center. So he's definitely a guy um, I'd be willing to target in GPPs for sure.
1: And uh, don't sleep – if it looks like the Cardinals may hold out Murray again. Don't sleep on mm-hmm. Colt McCoy uh, either because I think the Chargers could put up a lot of points on, you know, on one side. And, uh, and, and McCoy, you know, they've shown they're willing to go pass heavy. He's got Hopkins. He should have Marquise Brown. We'll see what's up with Rondale, yeah. but uh, you know he's going to have weapons, and they've shown they they're they're willing to go pass heavy. Uh, so if they're if they're trailing, uh, I think he's a a cheap one, as well. Uh, who do you like for throws? Do you like dots, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a you know a cornhole man myself.
0: Yeah. Bunch of cheap wide receivers. Um, so Garrett Wilson, you know he's 4300. He's been kind of stuck there recently, uh, and the reason we don't want to play him there is because. Zach Wilson sucks but if they you know have Mike White or Joe Flacco understand this week you know Garrett Wilson's gonna be very enticing at 4300 um, Trenton Irwin um, at 3k uh, this week he, he operated as the clear number three wide receiver for the Bengals um, he had like a 71% routes run rate uh, and the Bengals just released Mike Thomas so that clears up even more potential routes for Irwin um, you know this is if Jamar Chase Misses again this week, which I think will happen. Uh, plus this is a matchup where you know the Bengals might be without Joe Mixon. The Titans are a pass final defense, so we could see more passing yards go around. And getting the Bengals number three wide receiver at min price is very enticing to me. Uh rashid Shahid uh is another min price guy who could go off this week. He only, you know, caught one pass for eight yards last week, but he ran around 68%. Yep. Of the dropbacks, he ran one more route than Chris Olave yep. uh, for some reason. So uh, we've seen his big play potential. So just being out there for extra snaps and routes just increases the odds. We do see him make a huge play. So uh, he is definitely sneaky at min price, even though it is a tougher matchup against the Niners. With him, all it takes is one big play. Um, And one more is DeAndre Carter. You know, he's 3,700. And, um, you know, once Mike Williams went down, he still operates as the clear number three receiver um, with an 89% routes run rate. So even though Keen Allen's back, he looked great. You know, Josh Palmer still really good. Uh, you know, Carter's still going to be the number three receiver in this Chargers offense. So um, I like him, to, you know, he's super cheap right now at 3,700. So he's another good cheap option this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, this Chargers just can't keep all the guys healthy at once, but uh, Carter, you know, he, he should be out there on the field and, you know, those guys will take coverage away from him. And uh, that's all you need. Uh, I like, uh, I like Nico Collins going up against Miami in this one. I I think Miami is going to have success on offense. And so the Texans are going to have to throw the ball and play catch up. And, you know, Collins actually ran more routes than Brandon cooks last week. His, uh, his route participation rate was 83 to cooks 80. And, you know, ever since cooks had that blow up, he really hasn't, had the same role he had earlier in the season. And I think they're transitioning a little more to the Collins, you know, kind of overtaking him as that weed guy of the future going forward. So uh, I like Collins in the spot and where you could get just a a bunch of volume. He did have five catches on seven targets last week, but failed to reach the end zone. But this Miami game, I think could be a a high scoring one. So like Nico at uh, at 4,100. And I also like Traylon Burks. He's, Pretty cheap just like Garrett Wilson Uh, you know I think this is the time when you want to kind of bet on rookies to to break out so um, you know we saw Burks have that massive game on prime time and that could continue we think of the Titans okay they're going to be just run first team but the Bengals are be- have the better chance than most at putting up a decent point total uh, on this Titans team which would force them to throw more uh, than they have been in the past so like Burks as well
0: how about these uh, Chiefs receivers at min price You got Justin Watson and Sky Moore at min price um, I'm guessing Juju returns this week, right? But uh, Kadarius Tony is probably out.
1: Yeah, so there is an opening in that number three role uh, with, with Tony being out. You know, Watson ran around 97% of the dropbacks last week. Uh, I, I bet the over on his, what was it, one and a half receptions, which in yeah. retrospect looks, you know, it was like, wow. That was just a, you know, a gift, but he kind of been the guy that's, that stepped up, but Moore was having a really good game. And I, I think Moore kind of slots into that Nicole Hardman, Kadarius, Tony roll better. So there is a bit of a question as to which one of those two guys it is, but I, I think both of them are, are decent plays. I think you just it's something you just kind of have to monitor as the week progresses to see who's running with the ones, but the route participation was Watson 97% more 42% last week with uh MVS at 76%, Tony at 24% uh and Marcus Kemp at 3%. So, you know, Watson could just be filling in for that juju role um mm-hmm. but uh, he he's the guy in the in the in the in every time they need like an extra guy, he gets the playing time over Moore. And even this season, just he's their fourth receiver. Really, he's been their fourth receiver for much of the year over Sky Moore as is. So I think Watson is a is an intriguing uh, bet because I think Sky Moore is a little more obvious. So yeah, I would I would probably wean Watson just based on the uh, on I'm, what we see.
0: I'm about to throw one more dart throw out. Mm-hmm. Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? In that matchup itself, Kyron Williams. <laughs> um, should be a trailing game script. And the Rams just released Daryl Henderson right now.
1: Oh, so wow. I did not see is, that.
0: It is Kyron Williams time. I've been screaming for people to stash him. Um, but th- this definitely doesn't set up to be a Cam Akers game. So I think this is the week we see Kyron just fully unleashed. So he is now a dart throw at 4,900
1: um, who, on DK. Did they make a corresponding move? Like who would be the third running? Is it going to be Rivers again?
0: I would assume so. Right. He's still on the practice squad. Um, Okay. Yeah. I mean, this literally just happened.
1: Yeah, no, you're breaking the news to me. I I did not know this, but I could see it coming. I mean, Henderson, you know, it, it was obvious that he was kind of mixed up in that cam Akers spat too, but it just, I guess it's not his style to like come out publicly, but remember when they were both in the preseason, like they both had these mysterious injuries and came back on the same day. And you know, McVeigh's yeah. always searching for like elevating practice squad guys and, and giving them carries. And it was he was obviously wasn't happy with Henderson uh or acres. It's crazy that Akers remains on the team.
0: Yeah, that's uh, bizarre. But um know, yeah, this 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 is a good spot for Kyron too. He's you know a good pass catching back, but he's like a, you know, like a dollar store Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. He could certainly handle a full workload. So I think yep. that with the with the Rams season just circling down the drain, why not unleash him for these final. Um, few games so you know they, they like him he was their fifth round pick great back out in Notre Dame so I think now's the time um to unleash him so I definitely want to be heavily invested before that does happen so I think just this week is the perfect time to play him
1: yeah I mean you, we're just finding this out by the time people yeah. are setting a line <laughs> for Sonny he might be the chalk cash play I mean right they, we might get news that they're releasing Henderson because they intend to just go with Williams as a starter the rest of the year which I could See, I could I would say that's probably better than a 50/50 shot. So, but either way, I mean even if he is just that kind of free square cash play, that's still very valuable. So, yep. uh either way, yeah. Like uh Irons obviously going to get a big bump Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you wanna enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game, have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 again. Go to sweeper.com slash action and you'll get a 100 dollars match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Let's build some lineups. Let's start with DraftKings and we'll build a tournament lineup. Uh you could I think I went first on DraftKings last week to oh, so okay. we start us off.
0: Uh, I should probably update my um Rams projections to see if Kyron does, you know, pop as a cash game type play. But I, I think that we'll start with let's go with Geno Smith to start. Okay. Uh, he's six K. Just can't can't pass up that value. So let's let's go with him.
1: Then I'm going to stack him with DK Metcalf, one of my favorite receivers this yep. week at 6,500.
0: Love it. Uh, let's take a quick look at defense. See if anybody sticks out. Oh God, wait the the Chiefs defense. Whew. uh, they're 2,800. They're facing the rant. It, it'll be Wolford or Perkins.
1: Yeah, I love that. I mean, they're, they're yeah. going to be chalky, but I uh, still like it.
0: Yeah, who cares? I don't care about being chalky with defense. But yeah, uh, Perkins might be like, you know, he has rushing ability. He might not throw as much to have turnovers or sacks. But either way, Chiefs, that cheap is just a no-brainer. Yeah,
1: he's a 3rd string quarterback. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's running for a reason because he's not great at throwing it. <laughs> Let's go with Antonio Gibson at 5,400. Oh. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah. got uh, more – of the carries than Brian Robinson a week ago, so he got 18 carries and also had three catches for 31 yards, 18 for 72, and he's not—he's getting a decent amount of the scoring position work. Remember, he had a, the touchdown against the Eagles, so uh, he's kind of reemerged as the starting running back after all that. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah oh, we don't want it. this guy. Is funny how that worked out. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how when a guy in Robinson is averaging three, what is it? 3.4 yards a carry. Then yeah. you want to go back to the explosive guy, but, uh, you know, I'm sure Robinson is still not hundred percent, but, uh, you know, he, he, he gives him that physical presence, but Gibson's definitely more explosive. And, uh, we know they're going to want to yep. wean on the the run again and as a home favorite against the Falcons, So yeah, let's go Gibson 5,400.
0: All right. I'm going to go super cheap at wide receiver. I did like your Nico Collins, um, call. I'm, I feel like I was, I'm always pretty high on him and, uh, yeah, he's 4,100 um, yeah. against the Dolphins. Uh, plus, you know, their tight end depth chart has been really weird lately. You know, second straight week where Brevin Jordan's been inactive. So he really doesn't have that much competition for targets. Like you said, like Brandon Cooks is the number two guy right now. So just I love Nico's upside. Uh, he's yet to like really pop off, but that that could be this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the, the, the issue with the Texans is, you know, just can they get touchdowns kind of like the broncos <laughs> yeah. but this yeah. dolphin team i mean they end up getting in shootouts more so on the road so hopefully we get one in miami this time but uh i i do think they're going to score points which sets mm-hmm. sets it up well all right Let's see what we got at tight end your boy Dosich is uh 3700 they're cheap he is too cheap. There's More, a lot of good cheap
0: More, options this week. Yeah,
1: Moreau's thirty-four hundred. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go with Moreau at thirty-four hundred. I got him yeah. in the top ten this week, and uh, maybe we get a shootout in that C- Seahawks, yeah, Raiders game because we already got Geno and Metcalf, so uh, we could got some positive correlations there as well. Uh, so let's go Moreau at thirty-four hundred against this bottom five C- uh, Seahawks D against tight ends.
0: Love it. Um, so we're going to have to spend up. We have 7,200 roughly remaining per player. So, oh, God. DeAndre Hopkins, 7,700 against the Chargers. Yeah, let's go with that one.
1: All right. Doesn't
0: matter who's under center. I actually kind of prefer Colt McCoy.
1: Yeah, no. I so. mean, <laughs> it, it just takes – because, like, if you drop back a set amount of times with Murray, there are just these scrambles and things like that. That you know you could actually end up getting a higher target share with uh with a guy with a more traditional pocket passer. Simply yeah, Chicago.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing like more is probably on the bad side of questionable. And yeah, if Marquise Brown returns, it, he's gonna be pretty limited. Um, and Trey McBride <laughs> was just sort of a check down artist. So yeah, I just think just Hopkins ceiling is massive here and he's way too cheap.
1: Absolutely. All right. So we need a running back and we need a flex and we have seven, still over seven K <laughs> spend
0: up, man. No VIP status.
1: I mean, no, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Jeff Wilson, Jr. 5,900. I'll let you spend up. I'll, I'll throw Wilson. Oh, okay. Wilson in there. So we have, cause we have Nico already. So, you know, Wilson's a good. I thought you were going to go
0: Tyreek and just give me. I was, the...
1: I was going to, but I, I rather let you. Right, you know me. I like, I like
0: taking the cheat guys. So. I'll, I'll gladly spend 8,200. So we got, I mean, a wide receiver, we're going to have to have 1,000 left on the table. Um, Kelsey, you know, doubling down on tight ends is an option. Oh, yeah, boy. Uh, wait.
1: Your Josh boy, Jacobs.
0: Or that, uh, or, that we, doesn't jive with our.
1: Yeah, we got uh, as we much. Have a. Row. Go contrarian, Nick Chubb. That that's gonna be a guy who's pretty, and it's gonna be rainy in Tampa. Well, I kind of like that one. In oh, Cleveland, you already know
0: the forecast. It'll I mean, be rainy it's, there?
1: it's it. That's what I the mean. Forecast he the is definitely, now.
0: yeah. He is definitely spend up to be contrarian. Um, coming off a bad I, game, I would leave four hundred on the table. He is, he is my boy. Uh, had, and let's see. There's like no one at wide receiver. We have used.
1: We have tracked eight sharp moves on the Cleveland Browns plus three and a half home dog against. Oh the yeah. Browns. And Chubb's coming. I think you got. I think we got to go Chubb here. Yeah, that that
0: I would say, if you're building the same lineup, I the pivot is either Travis Kelsey to have two tight ends or Nick Chubb. Um. So yeah, we'll go. We'll go Chubb here.
1: Yeah, I mean this is part. This is perfect. Like DFS, you he's coming off a of 14 attempts for 19 yeah, yards. That is. There's nothing better than you know picking a stud that's coming off a bad game. I mean,
0: especially on DK, you know, D a full PPR site like DK, he's 7,800. He will be, yep. low roster. He five has be five
1: percent, two
0: three touchdown upside. Yep. Um. So yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't I didn't look at the weather forecast yet, but if if it is raining, you know, I'm gonna like him even more.
1: I mean, that's what as of Tuesday it's expected to rain.
0: You know, hopefully I, they don't move the game.
1: Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> All right, so Geno Smith at quarterback, yep. 6K. Antonio Gibson, 5,400 uh, against the Falcons at running back, along with Jeff Wilson Jr. at 5,900 against the Texans. Uh, we've got Nick Chubb in the flex at running back as well, 7,800 against the Bucks. Our receivers, DK Metcalf, Nico Collins, and DeAndre Hopkins. Tight end Foster Moreau at 3,400 at Seattle. And our defense is the Kansas City Chiefs, just 2,800 as a two-touchdown favorite against the rams i like the i, I really like the chug addition to this lineup because that gives yeah, us like in the spirit of of making a true tournament lineup where you're trying to be different
0: yeah exactly because we do have some chalkier players in there uh but no one's going to have this same exact lineup until they listen to us of course but yeah i think this is a good mix of just like chalky good plays and contrarian like spending up to be contrarian type of plays
1: Yep, absolutely. No, I mean, a lot of times because you know we get so caught up, especially when we're doing the show, we want to kind of choose guys who we can, you know, explain away with the with the matchup and this and that. But a lot yeah. of times it's just choosing guys we know can score points, uh, when they're not going to be at the top of mind. And I think yep. Chubb is certainly, uh, C- Chubb certainly qualifies. And there's just a lot of signs kind of pointing to, uh, pointing to him having a rebound. All right, let's go to Fanduel here. All right, I know where I'm going to start. We haven't talked about this guy as much this year, but he is still. I think he's kind of back in that 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 top twelve wide receiver one range, and this is going to be a tough matchup for his teammate George Kittle. So let's go with Debo Samuel, just sixty nine hundred. Nice. A nice sixty nine hundred on Fanduel. Uh, you know he still got it. He showed. He showed. Yep. He still got the juice. And uh, of course, the pricing came out before. He, he got a long rushing touchdown. So uh, yeah, that it's it's a it's fascinating. By the way, we you know we kind of talked about Mitchell last week on the pod, and you know mm-hmm. would he continue to see more work than McCaffrey? I guess the answer is yes. But, <laughs> but uh, and Debo, and yet Devo is still getting carries even with all that going on. So yep. yeah, let's go Debo under seven K here uh, against the Saints. What you doing?
0: Yeah, like uh, the way you were setting it up, I I was guessing T Higgins. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Oh, that's not a bad play. So I might consider him. He's he's a bit pricey. So let's let's hold off on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. Let's go. Let's go with a running back. Um, I, I want to use Gibson again. He's even cheaper on Fanduel, and he's probably a better Fanduel play. Um, I do think we should have a Kyron lineup. I want to get in on that before. I think he's he's even cheaper comparatively on Fanduel. So let's let's go with him." All right. Look, like, I've even updated my projections with um, Daryl Henderson out, and he's still kind of popping as a player.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was, I mean, he just saw, I think he saw, he ran around on 64% of the dropbacks mm-hmm. last week. So uh, he should be heavily involved going forward. Let's look at the quarterback situation
0: Colt McCoy is the same price as Baker Mayfield.
1: <laughs> so you're saying go with Mayfield?
0: He's. <laughs> <laughs> Cole McCoy is one hundred dollars cheaper than Zach Wilson. A weird week.
1: Let's go. Uh, let's go with Tua.
0: Oh, okay. Nice.
1: Eighty three hundred. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, he's one of those. He's not. He's not a running quarterback like a Fields or a Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. He's priced right in between them, and you know, Herbert's a little cheaper. So, and, and boy, Gino is cheaper. So, maybe he gets a little bit overlooked in a you know, a defense that is, is very beatable. Uh, and his Dolphin team has a, a very high implied point total as a, as a 12 point favorite at home. So uh yeah, let's go, let's go to it here.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to stack him with Tyreek. Yes. Uh, just obviously a bigger ceiling. Um, So let, let's go with him. And I'm confident we can find cheap guys, but you know, Tyreek's one K more expensive than Waddle, but you know, that's I'm 3.5 projected more points. So uh, I think, Tyreek's the no-brainer stacking play with Tua here.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mentioned, you know, Houston, they play zone. Tyreek, yeah. Best receiver in the – I mean, you could you could just say best receiver in the league, but best receiver in the league against zone coverage this year mm-hmm. uh, by the numbers. No disrespect to Justin Jefferson. Oh, okay, let's go defense. Let's go with the – I think the most reliable defense, and that is the Carolina Panthers going against the Denver Broncos because we know they're not going to uh. score.
0: So, what, are, what about the Broncos against the Panthers?
1: I, I actually, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some, you know, just because of the injuries for the Broncos. You know, that's why I was on a Raiders last week, and because oh, we're doing yeah. this pod on a Tuesday, I, I just, I'm not confident. Because remember, Bradley Chubb, edge rusher, yeah, traded. Yeah. Uh, Gregory, bunch of sacks, bunch of pressures on IR. Darby, corner out uh, on IR. Kwan Williams, slot corner on IR. You know, like, it's just a lot of the guys that made that defense great are no longer on that defense. They're just playing low-scoring games now because their offense stinks. So, you know, the Panthers did a pretty good job against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens last Mm -hmm. week. So, you know, now they're at home against this Bronco team that struggled to score points. And I think this is another perfect uh, contrarian Kind of play here. I mean, maybe it won't be, but I I think it might be because, like you know, the, the Broncos are. I think they're three three and a half point favorites on the road. They should not be uh, favorite <laughs> on the road, by the way. Right. But uh, yeah, let's let's go to this Panther defense who play has put up nine plus points in back to back games. Ten against the Falcons, nine last week at Baltimore, which is impressive.
0: Yeah, what's the, I saw some stats like if the Broncos have averaged eighteen point, just eighteen points a game yeah, this year, they'd be they're undefeated. Yeah, they would only it's lost to the Raiders. Ridiculous.
1: They would be owned yeah. against the Raiders and, and have beat everyone else.
0: Well, hence, hence why we have the extreme total here of about thirty five and a half thirty six. So, either way, yeah. uh, like either defense in this spot. So that gives us sixty six hundred per player remaining. Yeah. very nice. Um, let's see. So we need, we still need a tight end. I might. Go there, um. Ooh, yikes! Tight kind of.
1: with test with, uh with Taysom looking like?
0: Ooh, let's see.
1: Can you get Taysom and Debo in the same lineup? That would be fun.
0: The old yeah might as well the ultimate ceiling lineup. I mean, he's sixty five hundred. They do mm. price, they price him accordingly. He's yeah he's more expensive than George Kittle. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, no, he can't take Taysom. So yeah, unfortunately.
1: That's yeah, kind of uh, sharp though, because the kiddo has a tough matchup, but still. Geez. Well,
0: and just some ceiling. He probably should be, you know, up there. Um is
1: Jawan Johnson gonna score another touchdown this week?
0: No. <laughs>
1: He's every week.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Uh so I I'm looking at, you know, Dulcich, but that you know, we can't play him against our defense.
1: No touchdown. Hayden
0: Hurst, Evan Ingram are probably too cheap in that 5k range. Uh I don't know if we can afford. Travis Kelsey, I wouldn't mind doing that, but we're gonna to have to spend on elsewhere. Mike Gasicki? Um, oh, Gasicki. Double stack. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So he's he's 5k. He I mean, I'm projecting him for two and a half points less than okay. Vers, or Ingram. But that I mean, we're talking about right range of outcomes. He definitely has, you know, a two touchdown ceiling here. So yeah, I, I do like the idea of double stacking to uh not with Waddle, that would make sense, but with Gasicki. So let's let's do that.
1: Yeah, get some contrarian. Uh...
0: Yeah, that's that's based on his, you know, ceiling, not his median outcome. But, yeah, I do like that call. All
1: right, I'm going to keep with the contrarian uh, flow for this one. And I'm going <laughs> to go with – I'm going to stack our defense with Deontay Foreman coming off oh, a yeah. miserable game against a tough Ravens run defense. Now he gets this Bronco defense that just got destroyed by Josh yeah. Jacobs and a pretty shaky Raider O line and the Panthers line, low key, are playing pretty decently at, at times, yeah. especially in the run game. So you know, going on the road, playing as a big underdog last week, uh, I think didn't suit Foreman. But now, just a you could argue that the Panthers, you know, shouldn't even be dogs in this spot given right. the Broncos' inability to score points, which is what you need to win games. So uh, yeah, I, I think Foreman will be another one, just kind of like Chubb, just because there's so many other options that yeah. are cheaper no one's going to want to touch foreman coming off like a terrible terrible game. So, yeah, we're stacking with the Panthers 6700. Uh so we got a we need a wide out and we need a flex with an average of 7350.
0: All right. So, plenty of options at receiver like Josh Palmer, 6 out immediately. He's 6800. Got DK Metcalf's only 7200. We already used use him, but I wouldn't mind double dipping with him. Um so if if we were to use DK, let's see how much you would have seventy five hundred for the flex. It gives you plenty of options. Yeah, let's just go with that. All right. And that quote, we don't have anybody from that game yet on this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right.
1: Seven. So I got seventy five hundred. So this the guys who are seventy five hundred, who I don't want to use, uh, so I can leave Sarah at the table, are Montgomery and Terry McLaurin. Okay. So
0: let's go down. Uh, Camara. That's about it for running backs. Um, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin. Hmm. Olave, you know what?
1: Yeah. I was, yeah. I was thinking Olave. Mark Andrews. Who's Baltimore playing this week? Uh, if, there's,
0: if there's somebody that's like a couple hundred dollars more, I can go back and pivot off of uh, Metcalf for like a uh, Palmer. But that's a pretty big drop off, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> yeah. Let's go with the. Let's go with Chris Olave here. Bet on a rookie to keep breaking out, and the Saints are nearly ten point underdogs, so there could be some <laughs> comeback. Okay, yeah, that's because it was between Olave and Kamara. Yeah. Kamara very cheap at seventy one hundred, but just looking at the you know ways in which he would hit, it's tough to run against that defense, and they have a lot of linebackers and safeties that can fly to the ball. So he might not have you know he doesn't have really the path to a big game even in. A trailing script as somebody like Olave, mm-hmm. who could just continue to, you know, catch passes, it, it, you know, run great routes and catch passes yeah. against that zone. Uh, you know, yeah, Warner and all those guys against Kamara. So, yeah, let's go. Olave and the flex. So, our lineup, we have 200 left on the table. Tua, 8,300 at quarterback. Kyron Williams, 5,300. Uh, the Rams running back at KC. Deontay Foreman, 6,700 at home against Denver, stacked with the panthers defense we got Tyreek Hill at 9200 dk metcalf at 7200 and debo samuel at 6900 that is an amazing (laughs) wide receiver core uh and i don't know how common that particular grouping will be um you know just because i think you know there obviously will be a bunch of two of tyreek stacks but will they have metcalf and, and debo I don't know. And I know Lave as well at 7,300. So really loving our wide receiving core. And then we got Gasicki stacked with Tua. So got some differentiating plays here with the Tua Gasicki stack and the Foreman Panther D uh, stack as well. So I, I really like this lineup. I think this is, you know, both of our lineups, are like very in the spirit of, of these larger field mm-hmm. yeah. uh, tournaments, you know, got the, got the highest upside guy. Of the week and Tyreek here, but you're mixing them in with some very uh off the radar guys as well. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, we uh keep it rolling. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the week number 12 Fantasy Flex Fantasy Preview Pod. If you want to catch more fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our player projections podcast over on the Action Network Podcast channel, and you can also. Check out actionnetwork.com for all of our fantasy football rankings and projections. Follow Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. Follow me at Chris Raybon. And you can find us at those same handles on the free award winning Action Network app. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And until next time, let's give this money. Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful for you.